All views expressed on this program are opinion. They do not represent Satori Mortgage, NMLS, 4190, or any affiliate. Please consult with a licensed loan officer before making any home financial decisions. to the Mortgage Sack Show. I'm your host, Steve Conklin. I'm sitting here with Jake Giraffe from Satori Mortgage. How are you doing, Jake? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Good. Another week, another week. As always, what do we got in the mortgage buzz? All right. Our first article here is the Fed expected rate hike. And what does this mean for mortgage rates? Well, um, so as of today, the Fed, what is it, Wednesday, 926? Yeah, um, the Fed is supposed to is expected to, you know, hike up the rate once again. Um, and as of today, mortgage rates are at a six week high. Mm-hmm. We're hovering around a, a five year high. Um, so, I mean, in general, what it does is it it makes money more expensive to borrow, right? Yep. Um, and you know, it's going to impact everything from. Uh, you know, car loans, student loans. Yeah, we talk about mortgages a lot, but yeah, it 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 affects all borrowing. You know, and to be honest, it probably affects other loans a little bit more than affects mortgage loans. I I feel like mortgage loans are, you know, they kind of have. I mean, they haven't gone up too much. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they they're they're hovering around probably like four four point seven five on the average conventional rate, which is you know probably up a full point over a year, two years, but. You know, in general, I, I think, you know, they never really came down to like the 1% or, you know, I remember I, I think I got a car loan at 0.01% or something like that at one point. So, you know, you, the, you won't see the 1% car loans, but I, I don't think it's going to drive the mortgage, uh, pri- you know, mortgage rates extremely high, but who knows, right? It's the price to play. If you want a house, this is kind of what you got to do. You know, and I, I the, the good thing about that is it means the economy's doing well. Mm-hmm. And when the economy does well, usually people, you know, it's usually better better for the majority of Americans than, you know, when it's not doing well. Yep. Um, we've all been there. All right, what else we got? All right, from uh, Mortgage News Daily, we got down payments hit record levels. I thought this was really interesting. And then I thought, well, the economy's doing well. So what's that mean? People make more money, able to save more money to be able to bring a larger down payment. And, you know, I think also, too, the cash, people have a lot of cash, seems like lately, Um, a lot more cash than they used to have. Um, You know, we see, I see quite a few gifts coming from from parents um, still, Mm -hmm. you know, even... You know, of all ages of, of borrowers, I see I see you know a lot of a lot of parents wanting to gift gift money for for home purchases. You know, first homes and second homes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not too surprised. There, there's still tons of programs out there that offer you know minimum down payments. But you know, when you start to look at it and you peel it back, you're like, well, you know, the average person that buys a house, I, I think it's like 85 percent actually puts some type of down payment on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it kind of keeping up with the norm. Yeah, when you have the money, that makes it a lot easier. When you're not able to put anything into savings, you know, it makes that down payment very difficult. But when you are in that situation, there are programs, like you said. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I think as the rates get higher too, those programs generally offer a higher rate. So they're not as attractive, you know, for, for the grant program that we offer. It, it, at one point it was like four and a half percent. Now it's at five and a half percent and people see a five and a half percent rate. They're like, Oh, I will, uh, yep. you know, I'm, maybe I'll buy a house later on or either way, I'm going to try to can try to get my rate down a little bit more. We're at, you know, at four, four, four and a half percent people just, okay. Yep. So it's Absolutely. kind of a, a chain effect. Mm-hmm. All right. We got another uh, article here from Housing Wire, and it's self-driving cars are going to disrupt real estate. Very interesting article. Yeah. I, you know, I, we've talked about tech a few times on this. We, we, we like tech. I know Jake's, Jake's a big tech guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's really cool. I mean, they're, self-driving cars, for instance, is going to create such havoc in the economy i mean we were talking off off air about you know insurance car insurance yep they're just trying to figure that out right now oh that's gonna be different Mm -hmm. i i uh know that there is self-driving semis that they're doing right now um that they're piloting so you know that that is going to be a huge a huge thing when it comes to the economy because they're i think Couriers or drivers are, are a very large percentage of, of contract employees in the United States. I, I want to say it was like 20% or something. So, you know, how they move freight around is, is going to be, you know, that's very interesting. Yep. Um, very, very interesting how that's going to happen. You know, it'll probably be, what, 20, 20 years? Yeah, they're, they're making advances all the time, so you never know. And the other point of it, too, is um, if you have a self-driving car and you're in the car, what are you not going to be doing is looking up at billboards. Mm, yeah it's going to do stuff with that and just basically everything so the and the other big piece to this is just if we create uh, faster and easier commutes it's going to move everything out more suburban and less urban because it's just going to be easier to get into your job and you're like oh well i can go a little bit further out of town that that is correct you know that that the one thing i argue on that is i still think you know and obviously minneapolis isn't you know probably the perfect example of this but places like LA mm-hmm. um I wonder what the self-driving cars I wonder I wonder how if that would increase or decrease traffic right um so if you think if technically if they're self-driving cars and everything's time there probably shouldn't be traffic so you're right so your commute should be easier mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's really interesting and like I said it's it's gonna kind of I don't I'm curious to see where all, all this stuff comes you know I know Ubers will be self-driving I mean It'd be really cool. Yeah, it's one of just those things that we're only going to know in time. Mm-hmm. You know, we can project out what we think it's going to be in 20 years. It could be something completely different. It's mm-hmm. such a crazy technology to think not that long ago that we were even at this place. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first started doing loans, people thought it was weird to apply online. Um, they didn't want to give their Social Security over. Mm-hmm. Now... I hear it that, you know, our app's not good enough. <laughs> and it's like, wow, yeah, that wasn't even, you know. All I want to do is just text you stuff. And and I, that's how I want I mean, it life. hasn't even been, you know, five years. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much everything's just getting Amazoned, mm-hmm. which is which is really cool. Yep, absolutely. All right, and then we got uh, another one here from CNBC. that says that the average credit scores have uh, reached a new high. Oh, what is it? Uh... Looks like I think I saw it was seven oh six. I think. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's over seven hundred. I know that much because it was down to uh, uh, six hundred eighty six during the last decade for, during the housing crisis. That's that's pretty 
that's a lot higher than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, on average, I mean, I think if you're if you're out there listening, and your credit score isn't 700. It's, that doesn't mean it's not good. I, I'm actually really surprised that that is the average credit score. Um, I guess that kind of shows you, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with a good economy, right? Yep. Everything kind of. You it's know, a lot flows. easier to stay on top of your bills when there's money and you have a good job and all that. Definitely. Um, you know, and what do they say? Like eighty. 85% of the loans or something like that are 680 or over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's definitely, you know, there's products out there in the marketplace that, you know, they'll go down to, I mean, especially people that, that are starting over from bankruptcy, foreclosures, I mean, you know, deaths, like, you know, not every, there's, there's a million different reasons why somebody might have a low credit score. I mean, there's, there is products still in the marketplace that, that will go down almost even to a 500 credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at a 700 credit score, I mean, you're pretty much, you know, kind of have what we call the pick of the litter, right? You're going to yep. have your conventional options. You're going to have your FHA options. Um, Almost all of them having a good rate as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, rates are affected, you know, by credit. They kind of go in tiers. So, you know, they, they kind of buckets every 40 points or so um, until you start getting like 720s and 740s. Um, you know, the 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 better your credit is, the better the rate you get, yep. you know, uh, good risk to the lender. Yep. So it's, mm-hmm. it's less risk. Um, FHA, you know, with credit, it doesn't affect it as much, mm-hmm. but on a conventional loan, um, you're looking at, you know, different mortgage insurance is a different price. Uh, the rates a different price. Um, you know, what you get approved for it, it affects it a lot more than you know, government loan. And obviously in a VA loan, it's pretty, you know, credit's not as big as an issue. Yeah, whenever there's that government backing, it takes a little bit of risk from the lender, so they're a little more forgiving on those rates, definitely. Yeah. Let's see here. What else we got? And then, uh, so we have lots of different programs, no matter what you're looking at for for your credit. That's that's the big takeaway. Credits are going up. That's awesome. That's great. But even if you have a little more beat-up credit, uh, you know, give us a call. We can look through things for you. Absolutely. Uh, you know. And credit repair. Yep. Um, you know, credit repair is a big thing that, you know, we have partners that we offer. We've had them on the show. So they, you know, we, I, I guess the moral of the story is don't feel bad if you have a 700 credit score. Yeah. I mean, there's, yep. get there's, on, get on top of things. Don't just let it go. And Absolutely. what we always talk about is having a plan. Mm-hmm. So while we'll come back and answer some questions, we'll see you after the break. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. 
Find a wide selection of outdoor hearth products at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Whether you prefer wood or gas, Woodland Stoves has the fire to fit your home. Pizza aficionados know nothing matches masonry oven baking for capturing flavor and nutrition. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces can easily install one in your home or business. Enthusiasts use these ovens year-round for bread making, wood roasting, even grilling. The mission and passion of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is to make the fire work for you. The way humans relate to fire is primordial. We have used fire to warm our bodies, cook our meals, and kindle our spirits. Our team has the know-how to do this in a clean-burning and environmentally smart way. Visit our store and experience the diversity. We have over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin. See us online at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that fits and works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. I'm John Peterson, and at Ferndale Market, we are proud to provide our free-range turkey to local restaurants and natural food stores. One of our partners since the beginning has been Birchwood Cafe, and we're excited to announce a new partnership product, the Birchwood Turkey Burger Patty. Made from their popular turkey burger recipe, using our antibiotic-free turkey and Birchwood's local and organic ingredients. Put an end to bland turkey burgers. Find this and all our Ferndale turkey products at your local co-op or natural food store. Visit FerndaleMarket.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Welcome back to the Mortgage Stock Show. I'm your host, Steve Conklin, sitting here with Jake DeRoth. We're from Satori Mortgage. How's your break, Jake? Short. That's what you say every time. Yep. Well, it's never long. <laughs> that was longer than you. You know, we did some emails, <laughs> talked. All right. So, as always, we have our favorite segment, the questions. All right. I'll, I'll give you some questions and you'll supply some answers. I will try. All right. Our first question here is from Ryan Brown in uh, Panama City. What is the difference between mortgage insurance on a conventional loan versus an FHA loan? This question is really fresh. This came in this morning. So... I, um, you know, I guess I never noticed really the difference um, and didn't really, you know, stick with me until I, Ryan asked me this question and he's right. So on FHA loan, you're, you're paying upfront mortgage insurance. Um, it's 1.75% of the loan amount is financed onto the loan. So, you know, you don't pay that until you pay off your house or you go to refinance. Um, but you also pay a set amount of mortgage insurance depending if you have you know credit from 500 or if you have 800 credit mm-hmm. it, it's set it's either 0.85 or you know if you're under and I believe it's 90 percent it's 0.80 of the loan amount where conventional on the other hand um, you know the mortgage insurance does fall off unlike FHA and it is also based on your loan to value and credit score mm-hmm. can be big changes correct mm-hmm. so you know if you have a 670 97% loan, you know, the mortgage insurance is going to be pretty heavy compared to FHA. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And as we talked about with the rising rates, generally people are starting to go back to FHA. Um, but if you have a 800 credit score and you know 97% loan, you know the mortgage insurance is usually a little bit more affordable with um, a conventional loan than an FHA loan. And you also have to look at the long-term effect too, because you know financing that 1.75, you know, that's a few thousand dollars. Yep. Especially, I mean. It, it, if you get up in the 200s, 300s, it's even a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I always tell people that, again, everything's for the person, right? We make the plan. Yep. But generally, if, you, if you're planning on staying in your house a while, um, you know, conventional is a good option if it's there and it's affordable for you because, you know, the mortgage insurance does fall off and you're not financing anything onto your loan. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Our next question here is from Nancy Smith in Lynn Haven, Florida. What is an end loan? All right. So Nancy is doing a construction loan, um, and she is really confused about the term end loan. So I thought it was a good question to to throw in the mix. An end loan in mortgage speak, per se, is basically once you do a construction loan, you're going to have to fix it to a normal mortgage. Mm -hmm. That's called an end loan. Um, So in her case, generally most construction loans are interest only, so you pay it, you're going to pay it interest only over the time of the construction. Let's say some people give you six months, some people give you a year, you know, others are three months. But once the house is fully completed and it's appraised as, you know, a fully functioning house, then you convert it over into like a fixed traditional mortgage. Mm. Um, it can be 30 years, 15 years. Um, you know, there is some products that offer one-time closes that we do offer. But generally an end loan is, you know, going to be your final loan. And does that pay off the construction loan? It does. Correct. Yep. Yep. So it it basically acts as it's, you know, you're technically refining that construction loan because you're paying off that construction loan and then you're going into a fixed one that's going to pay down, you know, in most cases, your principal and interest and act as a, you know, the loan you're going to carry on your house for for quite some time. So basically it's financing that short-term construction loan into a long-term mortgage. Correct. And the long-term is the end loan. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. uh, Another question we got here from Jason in Minneapolis. Is Zillow accurate for my home value? Jason, I get this all the time. Jake, do you get this all the time? All the time. All the time. Uh, Every, you know, now we're we're getting close to the holiday season. I'm going to get it all the time. Um, And Zillow is yes and no. Uh, I would say that's probably the best answer. Um, you know, I'm seeing that some people are doing updates to their homes that they're not putting on Zillow. Mm-hmm. Um, Zillow's still giving them, you know, if they added a bedroom or they did some really nice updates, you know, generally Zillow doesn't take that in effect. But yes, and that it does take into effect, you know, your neighbor's sales, um, sales on the block, you know, your property taxes, all that stuff. It, you know, it's... It it's can sophisticated be, in a lot of data points, but again, it's still just a piece of technology versus somebody going in and looking at it. Yeah, and don't be surprised. I always say don't be surprised if it comes in 10% up or 10% down because mm-hmm. you really don't know. I had I had um, a couple that you know lived by a really, really exclusive area, um, and their housing data, I mean, was you know was so out of whack on Zillow yeah. that you know it wasn't. I mean, we're talking almost $100,000 off, but I've also had the reverse to where people, you know, actually have, you know, swimming pools or ponds or, or something like that, that Zillow doesn't always take an effect. And, you know, it's technically, it's on the other side. So I'd say the best way to do it 
is, you know, Satori Mortgage, we do offer, we have services that actually, you know, will give you a home value. Um, you know, a more you, advanced report. Definitely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit more advanced. Um, it's a little bit easier to navigate to, and you know, those are free and you know, that's kind of what we base our estimates off to, to find out if, you know, if you're refinancing or selling, um, and generally to agents, they'll also give you a free market analysis. If you ever, you know, looking to go list your house and stuff, and pretty much every good listing agent out there will give you, you know, pretty much what they think your house is worth. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next question here we have from Anthony in Woodbury. Can you do a non-occupant co-borrower? Yes and no. Um, just like most questions we we answer here. Uh, generally, yes, if it's a family member. Um, with some of the new down payment programs that are conventional, they actually allow 5%, you know, 95% down non-occupant co-borrower programs as long as a family member. FHA has always allowed that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's with the 3.5%. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of times I always have to remind people is that they have to qualify with their debts as well. So, you know, just sometimes people think they're going to be a non-occupant co-bar and they forget about their $1,500 mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> like that, you're you not know, helping the, yeah, the credit profile. Everything's yeah. tied into, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then just in general, you know, if, if you want to help other people, you know, Freddie Mac usually allows that after 10%. Um, mm-hmm. And when you start putting 20% in, then obviously you can pretty much put whoever you want on the title. And so, yes. And the easiest way to find out about that is to sit down with a mortgage professional, get yep. your plan going and, you know, figure out if that, if that would work for you. Yeah. And we'll go walk you through the benefits and risks to doing something like that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question we have here is from Anna in St. Paul. Do I have to pay anything out of pocket for closing? Anna, this is a good question. Uh, she was in the office this week working with one of our loan officers, and I told her that, yes, you do. You generally always have to pay for an appraisal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also asked about the home inspection. Home inspection is pretty much, you know, I always encourage it, but it is optional. As for It's outside the, of the mortgage transaction. Correct. It's, that's it's the, part of the home buying process, yes. so to speak. And, you know, generally agents usually handle that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as for... You know, the mortgage side, we pretty much wrap everything in outside of an appraisal. Um, we also have a lot of programs where they're rebating the appraisal back at closing. So if somebody pays for it, you know, they'll, they'll get reimbursed, you know, back at closing a $500 credit or whatever it is. But, yeah, absolutely. Be prepared to pay for the appraisal. I think that's generally, in most cases, most people have, have that expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question here is from Jake in Maple Grove. Can I use a 401k for a down payment? Absolutely. I think this is one of the most underutilized um, things to get down payments. I guess now with a, with a really good economy, I mean, maybe you don't want to take your money out of there mm-hmm. since it's, you know, the stock market is doing so well. But absolutely, they, they offer all types of really, really good programs for primary. Uh, buying a primary home, that means a home you're going to live in. Um, they offer all types of, you know, forgiveness, hardship loans, everything. I would say every month we do uh, a house where the 401k is, you know, part of the down payment. Mm-hmm. So it's again goes into the plan, you know, talk to us and we'll be able to figure out what's the best way to go. If it is, you know, using your 401k or other sources, you know, it's best to just talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. And generally all HR departments are really helpful and it's, it's very simple. I recommend it. 
Uh, next question we have here is from Franco in Minneapolis. Is buying a duplex the same as buying a single family as my primary? All right, Franco's looking into buying a house, and he's wondering if you know if he's thinking about buying a duplex and renting out one side. A duplex does have some with FHA; it's the same down payment with conventional. You know, you're looking at maybe having to put down a little bit more. Uh, the the good thing about it is that you might be able to buy a bigger house because you can rent out a side. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, the, the whole mortgage payment's not counting against you. I I think it's a very very excellent you know, idea for first time home buyers, especially, you know, single people or people without kids or something that, that can rent out a side. I, I think it's great. I mean, why not have somebody else pay your mortgage? Yeah, portion of, yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's tons of programs out there. You know, Freddie Mac has one that goes up to 95%, but in general, it's a little bit different, but what do we say? Come see us. Yep. We'll put you in the right direction. So that is the show, Jake. All right. Thank you for hanging out today. All right. See you next week. See you next week. All views expressed on this program are opinion. They do not represent Satori Mortgage, NMLS, 4190, or any affiliate. Please consult with a licensed loan officer before making any home financial decisions.